Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, and this is Patty Holstrand, and we're on live on Blog Talk Radio, and our station is KWAD Radio, and we're on today with Michelle, also known as Alicion. She's a poetry writer, and her brand new book just came out last week, so we're very proud of her. And what she talks about is two most precious gifts we are given our love and life. So she asked you to set aside a little time and immerse yourself into the world of poetry with her as she captures the emotions evoked by these two most amazing topics. Ellie, are you there? Hi, Patty. Hi. I'm having a Hi. little bit of a little technical problem, so hang on a second, everyone. I just want to make sure that everyone can hear me. Technology is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't always work the same all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Okay, because it's trying to tell me that the microphone is really light. So let me double check here. Of course, it wouldn't tell me that until I started talking. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's the way to yeah, your microphone's very low, and I go, oh. That should do it. Is that better? Can you hear me a little bit better now? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Oh, good. Okay, and now I can hear everybody else, too. How wonderful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not sure if you can hear uh, the show actually going on. Did you hear the introduction? Um, I heard the introduction, yes. Okay. So the big question, obviously, is why this book first? It really um, was just more of a natural progression for me. Poetry was something that I started writing with, so it seemed only natural for it to be my first book that I put out. Awesome. Now tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you know I know where you live, but tell, let everybody else know. <laughs> I'm from Toronto, Canada. And? and um, <laughs> I'm also from Trinidad and Tobago, and I migrated to Canada when I was about three, and I've lived here since then. Okay, and so have you been uh, on the other side of the border at all? You've been in America yet? Yeah, I- Oh, yeah, I go to the States all the time. Awesome. Yeah, Niagara yeah. Falls, Buffalo is not far from us at all. It's no. an hour's drive. So. Awesome. That's that's a beautiful area. It's very nice, yes. 
So you have friends and family in America, or or is it just that you just like to visit here? No, I've got um, family that's in New York, actually, so I frequent there. Um, but, yeah, most of my family is either in Trinidad or here in Canada. But, um, yeah, we've got a little bit of family that's in America. Terrific. Now, something that you that you and I had found out during this process is that uh, Americans write certain words differently. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and being the arrogant American that I am, I started changing things that, that had to do with more Americanized, and, and while the rest of the world actually spells it the other way. Yep. But, um, yeah, it's it's only certain words, like color, we both spell differently. Um, same with labor, like words that, like that are words that we tend to spend, uh, spell differently. So it's an adjustment. It's the O-U-R, the O-U-R issue, the hour. Yeah, exactly. Uh, behavior, I, I, you know, I, I found so many different words that we wound up uh, changing the spelling of here. Yeah. We drop and off. And we ended up changing them back. Yeah, I'm going like, wow. You know, I, it was <laughs> kind of like I didn't really think about it, you know. Um because you know, I, I'm used to spelling, obviously, the, the automatic in my brain already wired a certain way. So exactly. So when it's I see that, for I, me, though. <laughs> yeah, and most of the spell checks um, tend to be Americanized, so they'll change it or they'll say that it's spelled wrong. Right. When it's actually spelled right for us, so. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, remember Microsoft Word. I mean, you know, Microsoft is an American company. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And that's probably why it tells me I'm spelling things wrong all the time. Yeah. Well, that's a funny thing. You see, you're saying spelling it wrong, and it's like to us, it's not wrong. It's kind of funny. But that's well, yeah, you know, exactly. That's just an <laughs> American attitude for you, you know. <laughs> so I want to know um, your your theme of your of your first book is life and love. Yeah, and you say that this is the most important, two most important things, precious gifts, as you would call it. Yes. Explain, um, explain where you are in this process for life and love. Well, it just seemed like when I was writing these poems, these poems were written over a period of, I'd say, maybe five or six years. Um, it just seemed like they were so easily grouped into the two topics, like they were either based on love. And it was all different ranges of love, from romantic to um, parental to, you know, catastrophic love, where it's you're talking about breakups and makeups, and um, and then the other side of that was just talking about love and inspir- or sorry, about life rather, and um, inspiration and you know things like growing up and coming into yourself and just really um, just things that everyone goes through when they're going through the path of life. That's terrific. Um, you are single, married, children. What's the deal? I've got um, a great boyfriend. His name is Andre. And I've got two amazing kids, um, two little girls. One is seven and the other is 15 months. Awesome. It's like I said, even though I know some of this, I want everyone else to know. So I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's you're going <laughs> I do. I'm just trying to pull those questions out of you. 
So, um, congratulations on the book. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. Tell us what you were thinking when you were uh, visualizing your your cover. The cover I just really wanted to be um, simple and elegant with the whole theme that I wanted to go for. And I also wanted it to be a reflection of me. And um, for those who haven't seen the cover yet, it's a ballet dancer. And I just think that it was very inspirational and it was beautiful and artistic. And that's what I wanted to come through on the cover. That's why we went through a lot of covers yeah, <laughs> trying yeah. to pick one, but that was the one that um, I ended up falling in love with, so that's the one yeah. we went with. That sometimes happens, you know. It's, it, it's, it takes a few to, to click in and you say, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. And, then and first... that's exactly what it was. It was a light bulb moment when I saw it, and I was like, okay, that's exactly what I want. So I'm very yeah. happy with it. And it takes tweaking, and, you know, it's just like the interior. Uh, we've got, does anyone know, you know what, I forgot how many total poems we have. So I know we were moving them around. So we've got two sections. We've got, so what we did was we separated by section. You've got your life, uh, po- you know, poetry that has to do with life theme, and then you've got your love themes uh, so it's, right. it's a two two separate sections. That's right. And we've got some pictures that obviously has something to do. And how do you think that adds to your writing? The pictures, um, well, I just try to pair them with the poems. I think people are often very visual, so I think that it helps to have the pictures in there. Just so it's not just a poetry book, but it's also they're also getting something that's visually artistic for them to look at as well. So that's why we added the pictures in there. But most of the pictures go with um, either the overall theme or they're specific to that poem that it's on the page with. That's good. Now, I know that you're writing another book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, I know that. Now... This obviously is a nonfiction because it's poetry. But right. I know that you were already working on several fiction stories. That's right. So tell us about the one that you're working on right now. Um, well, the one that's going to be released next is called A Pact for Lily. Um, it's a novel that's based loosely on um, my dad and his history. It's um, about the story of a young man who is seeking revenge for his sister's death. And um, sadly, my aunt was murdered by her husband, I believe, about 30 years ago. So this whole story was based loosely on um, that event and the events that led up after it. Okay, so this is based on a true story of of yours then? It's loosely based on a true story. Right, a fictionalized fictionalized story based on, on something that happened. Exactly, and and you know what? That that's really kind of how a fiction author writes. Absolutely, yeah. We use some things that happened, or some things that we saw, um, or some event that happened, and it it starts percolating in the mind, and it comes out in a story. Exactly, and that's what happened with this. Is this is something that I obviously learned about. Um, a while ago, uh, just like 
with my family, and um, I just have been thought, thinking about it for a long time, and I was participating in NaNoWriMo last year, which is um, National Novel Writing Month, and um, this was the topic that I chose for it, and it just kind of evolved from there. Yeah, NaNoWriMo. That's what you were saying, NaNoWriMo? Yes. Yeah. Um it's a great uh platform for authors and anyone who doesn't know what Dana Raymond was about. Uh it, it allows you to it gives you a forum and a place and a voice for you know getting together with other authors and and working all towards one common goal and that is 50,000 words in a one month. And of course they would have to pick, they would have to pick they would have to pick November, you know. It's the worst month, you know. Uh, Right before the holidays. Right before the holidays. I mean, they're crazy, you know. Uh, I said, if they're going to do that, they should do it like uh, in the middle of summer. I mean, most of us are, are, you know, in Arizona, it's so hot that we really can't go out uh, very much because it's so hot out here that it's, you know, gets to be 120 degrees and nobody wants to go outside. Right. So yeah, uh, no, I agree. I think the summertime would be better, but they chose November. So what can you do? <laughs> I know it. I know it. I know I've said something to them before about that. I was like, you guys, why are you picking November? That's crazy. Because uh, you know you, you lose some of the month with the holiday. You know, with Thanksgiving. Oh, that's oh yes, your Thanksgiving. Ours is in October. Right. So you and I were talking about that. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the thing that's different, everyone. That that here we are in America, and Thanksgiving is 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 the end tail end of of November. Um, and then I was uh, <laughs> you were you were working uh, with me on this, and I'm going like, okay, well I've got to stop now because I'm going to Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, and you, and it I was didn't a- have that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another difference between Canada. And here is uh, our some of our holidays a little bit different. Yes. So um, that's good. So uh, sorry, I got distracted there for a second. <laughs> As I had your. What's that? So how do you how do you feel the, the how did you feel the day that you held your first book in your hands? Um, I told everybody like the writing this book and going through the whole process from beginning to, to end and like being able to select my cover and actually have it out and I didn't do the proof copy um, before it was mailed to me. I actually like proofed it online um, in a PDF like an ebook version. So I didn't actually get to hold it before anyone else did. And I actually had family that got to hold it before I did because they ordered it off Amazon. <laughs> but um, it was honestly an amazing feeling. It's, it's really nice to see all your hard work pay off and be able to see your name in print and um, just to be able to like actually hold it in my hands. It was honestly like a labor of love. I said I compared it to holding my kids. For yeah. the first time, because you put so much of yourself into this book, especially with poetry, something that's so personal, 
That's why it was really good. It was a magical feeling. Yeah, and and that's that's the nice thing about it is, and that is true, um, because it, I, I do know for a fact that is, and that's one reason why I enjoy working with new authors, um, because that that first new car smell, so to speak, you know, you have your first child in your hands, and and this is something that you, that you've been working on, and so I, I enjoy that moment, sharing that moment with you guys. Uh, and that's one reason I do it. I keep keep yeah, doing this. <laughs> it's very nice. Yeah, I didn't expect to be as emotional about it as I was, but it was honestly it's a great feeling. And being able to share that with my family as well was really nice. Oh yeah, yeah. What did they think about your writing? I actually didn't tell them that I would like that I was writing on a professional level um, until I think that maybe the book was about to come out. <laughs> <laughs> it was only then. I always kept it very quiet, um, but they're very supportive and they're very excited. And um, my mom has been telling everybody in the world that she possibly can about it. So it's good to have their support. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. That's help. And uh, what inspires you and motivates you to write? Um, there's a lot of things. I think just life in general inspires me. I could be walking down the street and see something or hear something and it will inspire me to either write, um, you know, like either a short story or it will inspire me to write a poem. I just think life is probably one of the greatest inspirations um, that you can possibly get. You can walk outside your door and be inspired to write something. So I just think that's, it's usually like um, just life or stories from friends or family that um, tend to inspire me a lot. Good. That's very good. Well, one thing that you're most proud of in your life besides writing this book? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I, <laughs> I say besides writing this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I actually launched a um, campaign that is geared towards um, self-esteem and um, just helping building the community. It's called The Power of One Campaign. Um, I launched it in December, and that's something that's really near and dear to my heart. I have a lot of people that have been affected by abuse and violence, and so it was really important for me to be able to give back to the community. I was a teen mom, so to be able to guide young girls and show them that they can be successful is something that's really important to me. So that would have to be... Um, yeah, one of my great accomplishments, other than, of course, my two kids. <laughs> right. Uh, it's kind of funny because uh, I had somebody write uh, somewhere the other day that all they got was a lump of coal for Christmas, and they were kind of bummed out about that. Yeah, that's how they, their analogy, as us authors do sometimes, you know. We say, oh, man, you know, I thought it was good this year, but all I got was a lump of coal in the, in the stocking. And, and so I wrote that... <laughs> So a lump of coal to somebody in wintertime who who doesn't have fuel is actually is a godsend to them. Yeah. That's it. It's not so much whether what you that you got that lump of coal, but what do you do with it? Exactly. So I you have to all given opportunities, and you really just have to um, use those opportunities to do something great. Right. Exactly. And 
that's uh, that's the key is, is trying to make something good out of a bad situation. It's harder, yeah, obviously easier said than done, but still, it's something that that you can aspire to try to do, uh, even if it's a bad time. Because believe me, you know, 2010 and 2011 have been bad for all of us. Right. And uh, specifically, yeah, I'm not sure about Canada. I know Canada is, is having its problems too. But, uh, you know, America's gotten a lot of hits lately. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, it's been yeah, a tough... The thing is that Canada and the U.S. are so closely intertwined that mm-hmm. I think um, anything that happens in the States affects us directly as well. So, I mean, it was yeah, a tough year for everybody economically, I think. I don't think it's just I don't think it's just Canada. Um, I think that what happens here and what we do sometimes uh, ripple effect all over the world, and we don't realize that, that how much we can affect economic situations of other countries. So uh, our mistakes become bad things for others. Absolutely. Goes around, goes around comes around thing. You know? <laughs> That's what happens when you are a powerhouse of a nation, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's a daunting responsibility. So just to let anybody know, uh, you can call in and talk to Ellie personally. And the guest call-in number is 714-242-5145. That's 714-242-5145. For those people who are don't want to hear their own voice <laughs> on the radio, which which we have. You know, we have some people who are on here that are listening, and I know they're listening because I, I get the numbers afterwards. I know you guys are listening, but you don't want to call in and don't want to actually, you know, ask any questions. You can actually, you know, just let us know how, that you're there on the chat. Now, near the, you know, below your information about the show. Hmm. Now maybe the chat's not working today. That's interesting. This, this is what happens when there's a holiday and nobody's uh, nobody's at Blog Talk today to fix anything. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, as I, I got the notification that, that they were out they were out this uh, this week, so anything that doesn't work well, sorry. We'll make yeah. do. Okay. <laughs> we'll make do. We'll make do. I'm, you know, I don't think they're not sure that they can see me here. Oh, we are. Anyway, um, but anyway, you can call in or, I I mean, I was able to actually load something, but I'm not sure whether or not it'll show up. So leave me a message down below uh, in the chat area. And if you have a question or comment, I will definitely forward it here. And that way, you know, she can answer your questions and comments without you having to actually call in. From there, is there uh, anyone established established writer that you admire or emulate in your writing? 
Um, I have a few writers that I really like. Um, Omar Tyree is one of them. Um, I really look up to Tyler Perry. I just think he's an amazing role model. Um, I really like Maya Angelou. As far as emulate, I don't know if there's anyone that I actually, um, like my writing is very similar to. But, um, yeah, those are some writers that I, I look up to. I also really love, um, like, Shakespeare and plays and things from that century, too. So. <laughs> I, I just read what you wrote in your, in your answer, so I appreciate that. Um, so do you have a writing mentor? And does it not have a writing mentor? I, I have to say that me, Patty, have been a, such a remarkable mentor and with me throughout this process. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> it's just so. It's honestly, it was really hard up here. Like I sent out inquiries, and um, you almost get the feeling in Canada that unless you're established, you're not really um, somebody as an author. So to have somebody to push me through the process and from beginning to end was amazing, and I appreciate it so much. Yeah, I appreciate you, you know, making that mention. Uh, when growing up, did you, uh, we're talking about a fa- your favorite authors, but my question is, usually an author gets some kind of inspiration from a specific thing that they wrote or, or read when they were younger. Right. You, know what I, you know what I mean? Like in school, yep. there's um, something that you just, it, it made you click. It's kind of like turning on a light. And you suddenly is like, I really want to be a writer. What was it that um, caused that for you? For me, it was reading The House of the Spirits by Isabella Lond. That was my light bulb moment where I was like, you know what? I can really do this, and I want to do this. Um, I think she's an amazing writer. She is um, so talented, and she makes you picture the scenes in her book. Just from the way that she describes things visually, so I um I think that for me was my light bulb moment and what I really decided that that was something that I'd want to pursue in the future. So I know that you write you're writing fiction, right? What what was different on the actual process of of you know because it's two different kinds of writing. Um, we. Have, Actually, three kinds of writing. You've got your nonfiction, which is your how-to, or, or you know, something that happened to you, until you're, 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 you don't have quotes. You don't have. I mean, you have quotes, but you don't have a dialogue. Uh, you don't have characterization. Now, right. po- poetry is kind of in the middle, don't you think? Yeah, poetry. Um, I don't think there's really any right or wrong way to write poetry unless you're going into, like, the specific types of poetry. Um, but when you're writing free verse, that's why I say it's very personal because you really have the freedom to write exactly what you feel. And poetry most of the time is based on emotion. And whereas um, with fiction, like, it was a whole different ball game for me learning to write fiction. Well, not learning to write it, but learning the correct way to put it in, um, like, my mm-hmm. manuscript. Right. Dialogue was something that I had a huge problem with because <laughs> I would just <laughs> write everything all in one big blurb and say quotations at the end without um, separate, separating the different uh, speakers. So it's something I'm still struggling with, but I'm working on getting better at. You know, the thing is that that I see a lot of that. 
uh, you know, the, the the biggest problem with the people who who get started um, with fiction writing is it is is those kind of things, just the dialogue and and you know, honestly, I don't know any authors who haven't had some kind of problem with dialogue. Uh, even myself, I I was told by an agent. Uh, I was sitting in front of an agent one time, and they said, "She said, well, first of all, I want to tell you that, that you know you've got to get to writing. Now, do you want to know what you did wrong?" I said, "Well, yeah, that's why I'm here." She goes, "Well, you wouldn't believe how many people don't want to know." And then she she told me <laughs> things I did wrong, which the dialogue is 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 written incorrectly, you need to look it up. And and so I never take face value. I always have to go and, and whenever somebody tells me something, I go and double check it. And sure enough, you may open up books <laughs> written by the, you know, the major publishers and I, you look at what you wrote and you look at what they wrote and you look at that dialogue and how it's written and you, oh man, how can we never notice this before? Yeah, here we are, avid readers, and we don't really look at how it's written. That's very true. And it wasn't until after um, I learned the proper way that I should be writing out dialogue, and I was actually reading a book, and I would actually go in and reference and see. Um, you know, you're right. Like you absolutely don't notice it when you're reading a book because you're just you're just reading. Right. But to actually have to write it, I always assume that when you're writing a fiction novel, you're just writing and that's it. I didn't realize that the editing process was so thorough and that um, that was something that I definitely had to adjust to. <laughs> yeah, it's a, something you always learn and, and there's always something new to learn. And that's what's cool about life, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't even think that poetry had to be edited, so that was something new for me as well, was learning that there has to be typesetting and editing for poetry as well. So, Well, you because you always make, you, there's always chances of making mistakes. There and there is, is always an issue, no matter you write fiction or poetry. So uh, there's words that, that we commonly use on a regular basis and, and sometimes use overuse. And so that, that, that attributes to poetry as well as fiction as well as nonfiction. So there's always going to be editing process no matter what you do. And also, yeah, some people have their own style. So you try not to, uh, when, I, when I'm editing uh, poetry, I try not to step on their, on their uh, style. But there's okay. still some roles that apply no matter how what your style is, and you know, you may not know what those rules are. So you, you read through it, and, and that's when you find these little things. And usually, it's something that's pretty, it's very easy to fix. Yeah, it was a learning experience, so I'm glad I was able to experience it. And so now I know for next time, and I'm sure there will be a next time with poetry. That um, like what I have to do. So, it was a learning experience. There you go. And and you know, as, since I edited it, you you didn't have that many changes huh, in the poetry. So, and, and which did you, you're thinking, thank goodness, considering that you, you yeah. Know. <laughs> 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 uh, we you know, we had a little more work to do on the fiction, but that's because it's a different process. That yeah. Anyway, you've got some good things going on, 
And if you weren't, what's your favorite things to do besides writing? Besides writing, um, I'm very involved with um, building and creating um, like the carnival costumes. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much a part of that. Um, I I love to read. I wish I had more time to do it. I actually got a new e-reader for Christmas, so I'm excited to be able to download some books and get up oh, to the Well, now we have yeah. something entirely new to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so which 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 e-reader did you get? It's uh, a Sony one. Okay. So uh, is a Sony is Oh, it's a Sony. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, I believe, take EPUB formats. Yeah, it's um, like it was pretty easy to upload um, my the ebook version of my book into onto it. It just plugged in my USB. Um, but yeah, it's very quick, and um, I downloaded one book so far, so I'm excited to be able to start reading it soon, hopefully. <laughs> Now, now that you're writing, do you, are you having trouble getting to any reading? I am, just because um, I don't want the stories to mix. So mm. I would rather just finish mine and get it over with, and then once it's complete, be able to take some time off and um, read a book. But I don't want to, that's my biggest worry, is if I'm reading something and I'm writing at the same time, the two ideas will get intertwined. But I try to stay away from reading while I'm writing, especially yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, uh there are some simple que- simple questions I have here. Uh, do you watch television, and if so, what's your favorite shows? <laughs> um, well, I have a uh, two kids, so my television's usually either on Family or Treehouse. But um, if I do get a chance to watch TV, um, I'm usually into Tyler Perry shows, which um, I love. And occasionally I'll watch CSI if it isn't too gory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always say that uh, during Bones, you know, the television Bones, it always seems to have oh, yeah. a dead body right at the moment when I'm having dinner. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you should not need to see that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just, I'm, I'm not a big fan of horror movies or anything gory. So I try to stay away from television shows like that. So in where you live, okay. Yeah. Paint us the scene of your home and what your neighborhood's like and, you know, where you work in the home as far as when you're writing? Um, Well, we live in the suburbs. It's very, well, it's a bit north of the suburbs, actually. Um, There's a lot of farmland around us, well, behind us anyways. Um, I don't actually get to write in home most of the time just because there are too many distractions, I find. So I usually try to go to either the library or um, the local bookstore or the local coffee shop to do my writing. Otherwise, it's, I'm not productive at home. 
<laughs> well, you have kids, you know, and that's exactly. Yeah, uh, if they were older, I think it would be okay. But they're young too, so um, yeah, they're very demanding. Yeah. <laughs> once they get to be teenagers, like you know, they just want to go to their room and have their own privacy, and it's like they don't want you anywhere near them. So uh, I have a seventeen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, so you see, when they get to that age, I think I'd be able to write at home. But um, yeah, right now I can't. So I try to go out of the home where there's no distractions, and I can actually really focus to get it done. Now yeah, that makes sense, son. I know that uh, libraries have uh, sometimes they have those the rooms that you can go into and actually you know uh, have some private space to be able to work. Is that something to think about? Yeah, yeah. The libraries down here are very good. Um, they have like a quiet room where people are just working silently, and then they have um, like your own individual cubicle that you can go in and work as well, where you have your privacy and it's less noise. So it's good that way. Now you're talking about e-readers. What do you think about those compared to, you know, as far as the e-book compared to print book? What's your opinion? Um, well, I, so far I've only seen my book and um, one other book that I downloaded on the e-reader. I'm liking it just because I can carry a ton of books with me at all times. But um, I do prefer, like, the good old-fashioned being able to hold a book in your hand and smell the pages of a new book. Like, that's very much me. So I don't think I will stop purchasing books. Maybe I'll have some duplicates. But, um, yeah, I think the e-reader is good for multiple books. Mm-hmm. And but I still prefer to have like a good old fashioned hard copy in my hand. Yeah, I think it's a, a wave of the future, though. What do you think? I agree. I think a lot of people, and I think it'll bring a lot of people back to reading as well because everything oh, now is technology. Um, so I can't fault it because I think a lot of people have stopped reading because, you know, maybe books aren't as cool, so maybe this will bring the cool factor back into it for people. Also, you think that it's not quite so cumbersome. I mean, usually the the tablets are a little bit, you know, thinner than a book. Um, So there's that factor involved in it, and obviously they can fit more books into one unit instead of having all these books sitting on your shelf. Exactly. And everybody is about convenience now, right? So yeah, I think the e-reader is very convenient for people. I know the one I have is, like, super thin, um, and it's very tiny, so it'll fit, you know, like, right in my purse. And um, so there's the whole convenience factor that I think, and that's why people are probably gearing towards them a little bit more than print books. Mm. That's... That's definitely true, and, and of course, uh, the thing is about printed books. Right now, actually, ebooks are 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 way outselling uh, the printed books. But I'm not sure whether it's because of the novelty. So I guess only time will tell. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think for for most people, like I know, even for me today, um, purchasing my first book, it was just a matter of clicking purchase now, and then. You know, like 30 seconds later, it was downloaded on, um, onto the e-reader. 
So it takes away the whole fact of having to go into the bookstore and purchase the book, which to me is the fun part. But <laughs> I guess if you're if you're busy and you're on the go and you want to download a new book or a new book that came out, if this is the way to do it now, I have no doubt that it'll probably be the way of the future, which kind of concerns me as an author now because I want people to be able to have my book in print. So. Hmm. Right, definitely, and uh, as I as I tell authors, it's it's it's, it's terrific to have the ebook, but it's awfully hard to autograph. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you need to have printed books with you at all times because you have instant instant selling ability right there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So people said, "Well, there's instant gratification to ebooks." Well, not unless not if you don't have the reader with you. And also, if you have the author right there, they can autograph the book and and they've got it in their hands. So there, there's still some, uh, obviously, it's even better for an author to have their books with them because they can sell them a lot easier. There are programs that, that like for Kindle, they got Kindle Graph now, which is autographing, but it's not really truly autographing. You're picking a font that is close to your writing. That's oh, not. That's not. That's not really truly autographing. Uh, but uh, have you autographed your first book yet? I haven't actually. <laughs> we um, we're setting up the details for my book signing. So um, I did give away a copy for Christmas. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm hoping to be able to sign all of them for my book signing, which will probably be in early February. There is the next best thing to getting your books in a box what, that you shared with me is when you autograph your first book. And uh, yeah, I'm a, very excited about it. I think it'll be um, it'll be a good experience. So <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> Almost it's nervous so to me, but just <laughs> taking it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's fun. Anything else you want to share with us? Because we are. Running well, not quite to an hour, but I want some people to get some of their answers on the blog, and of course, we want to share, we want to say some things because we got your next book coming up in about a about a month, month and a month, two months, right? Right. So if we share everything now, we'll have nothing left to say, nothing left to talk about. <laughs> um, I don't think we can run out of things just yet, but I do <laughs> want people to um. <laughs> Go check out my website. I've got a couple of poems on there from the book, um, as well as some blogs on there um, and daily inspiration, which they can always go check out and I think everybody can use. Um, you can also network with me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter. So, yeah, I'm I'm everywhere. <laughs> Websites. What What is it called? My website is eloquent.com, and it's E-L-L-E-O-Q-U-E-N-T.com. Um, it's a play on my name. And you can follow me on Twitter at Eloquent Pub, and on LinkedIn, um, Elseon. I am going to put those links on. Yeah, it's not letting me load. I'll add that later. 
Um, I'm going to be adding these uh, sites onto the chat so that way you guys, uh, anybody listening can get that. And uh, that way they can read. If they did not listen to this whole program in its entirety, they can definitely listen to it in archive. Uh, that's what's nice about the Blog Talk Radio is that after the show, about an hour after the show, the link is available for your website. Okay, so I will be giving you the code for that. And you'll be able to put the the, uh, player right on your website and so people can listen to this show in its entirety at any time at their convenience. That would be great. Thank you. That's okay. And that's what it's all about, is getting the word out. And, uh, you know, because you're you're a single voice in, in the wind and we want people to find out more about you. And that's why we definitely have Blah Talk Radio in order to get out there in the community and get your name out there and uh, get your book sold. Thank like you. <laughs> so, I want uh, the same thing, so it's good. Now that you have you have your first book in your hands, you are a first author, how do you feel? Do you feel different? Um. It does feel a little bit different. There is, It's nice to be able to put published author in front of certain things that I have now instead of just saying, um, you know, writer. It adds um, a sense of notoriety to it, I think, and a sense of professionalism. So it, it definitely is a different feeling, and it's motivating. It's so motivating to see your name on the cover and to actually be published. So um, I'm sure there will be lots more books coming because I love seeing my name on the cover of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finished product. The finished product. That's what's that's what's cool. So I have one question. That I'm going to end it on, and I do this to uh, the first people I, that I've interviewed for the first time. And my question is this: Now that you have successfully slain a dragon by having your first book out, how will you celebrate? How will I celebrate? Um, I think I'm just going to relax. I'm going to relax with um, a glass of wine, and yeah, I'm just—I don't want to think about um, it for a bit. <laughs> I'm just going to take it all in because it's so new and it's such a great feeling. So I'm really just going to lay back and take have a glass of wine and just really just take it in and take my time and go through my first book from start to finish. There you go. And with, and with that, everyone, this is uh, Patty Holstrand, and we're going to be signing off. I'm going to put uh, Ellie on hold here, or uh, sign off with Ellie, and we will enjoy your company very soon again when you put your next book out. Okay? Yeah, thank to, you so much for having me. You'll have to come back and visit again. I will. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and uh, with that... I wish you good night, and I will be talking to you soon. Yes, good night. That was Alexion, and her book is Eloquent Yours, Volume 1, Life and Love. And she is a poetry writer, as well as she is working on her first two fiction books, uh, tuned to be out in the new year 2012 
This is KWAD Radio, and this is Patty Elstran, and I'm going to put you guys on hold and give you a two uh, minute and a half siesta here, and I'll be right back.
course, we're now into the evening, and this is Patty Holstrand and this is KWOD Radio. And that was uh, the interview with Elysian, writer, author, poet. Enjoy your company, and if you haven't heard this show in its entirety, then please definitely listen to the archived version. And I don't have anything extra to add tonight, so I'm going to go ahead and sign off early tonight. Uh, we've got two more days coming up. Uh, we've got a show tomorrow night, same time, same bat channel. And that is going to be with a lovely lady, uh, Kelly Waterhouse. Kelly Girl Waterhouse. And the reason why we need to call her Kelly Girl is because her husband is also named Kelly. So we have Kelly and Kelly Waterhouse. Uh, we're talking about making your dreams come true with Kelly Waterhouse or Kelly Girl Waterhouse and her story from turf to surf. It's her story about her true-to-life adventure with her husband, and that's going to be 5.30, 6.30 years in the time tomorrow night. And then on Thursday, we've got a wonderful uh, interview with Kiki Howe. Kiki is just uh, published her first children's book, and she's also uh, known, better known, actually, for her paranormal romances. So definitely come in uh, again, same time, same time, 530 to 6.30 with Kiki Howe on Thursday, the, the 29th, and tomorrow night, the 28th, with Kelly Girl Waterhouse. So we're looking forward to that, and with that, we will be signing off for the night. You guys have a great evening. And this is Patty Holstrand and KWOD Radio.